You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoffmanStore.com. DearHoffmanStore.com. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine. Welcome to Layla Ways In. That's me, Layla Mutin. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist here in New York in practice with Dr. Ronald Hoffman. As those of you who listen to this podcast know, uh, we are in practice here in New York in Midtown. If you'd like to make an appointment, 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. Last week, I did part one. I was talking about the meat industry's cultural revolution because the meat industry is about to undergo a cultural revolution, a tissue culture revolution, to be precise. And this is part two from last week, coming from Holistic Primary Care. They really did a beautiful... Uh, piece on this. And it's about the soaring global demand for meat. This has opened doors to alternative ways of producing consumable animal tissue, ushering in the first major challenge to industrial scale animal agriculture in history. And numerous companies worldwide, some backed by major investors, I mentioned some of who they are in last week's podcast. So If you didn't listen to last week's, I would suggest you go listen to last week's part one of the meat industry's cultural revolution first, and then come on to this one. So these companies worldwide, backed by major investors, are now applying tissue culture techniques to produce beef, chicken, and even some types of seafood without raising or killing animals. And last week, I had gone into all the background of that and how this is a worldwide phenomenon because cultured meat startup companies have emerged all over the world. And I mentioned some of the notable ones, uh, Believer Meats, Mission Farms, Meatable, Eat Just, Aleph Farms, right? In fact... There's a picture here in this article about a 3D printed tissue cultured steak produced by Aleph Farms. And Aleph is one of several companies using advanced 3D printing 
and tissue engineering technology to create animal-free products that match the complex texture of conventionally grown meats. There has been a texture issue because you're looking for not necessarily, you know, there's connective tissue in the structure of meat, there's fat, there's some sinew. You kind of want that for it to be real, if I may use the word real, instead of just coming out in a square. But this, you know, I'm looking at this picture and wow, it does look like the real deal. So how would you, what do you think in your future? Everybody's going to have a 3D printer and you can print your own meat. Imagine, got to be expensive, right? So let me go on to talk about some of these other companies. Stakeholder Foods. Aleph isn't the only company working to put bioreactor beef on the world's banquet plates. Formerly known as Miatech 3D is one of the few publicly traded cultured meat companies. Last fall, the company began production of its Omacase beef morsels, meat cubes made from alternating layers of bioprinted Wagyu beef and muscle and fat. And just a reminder on how all of this is done in a bioreactor. Sounds like nuclear reactor, right? Sounds a little scary. Bioreactor. This is how, these are the steps taken. There are six steps. The first step is tissue taken from the animal. The second st step is stem cells are extracted from the tissue and are placed on scaffolds. This is kind of like the holding. I, I want to call it a Petri dish or something, but these are they're calling it scaffolds. And then number three is plant-based serum is used as a growth medium. This, this, this plant-based serum is, is poured onto these scaffolds. And number four, stem cells are grown into muscle fibers inside a bioreactor. Wow. Number five, the fibers are processed and mixed with other ingredients to create minced meat. Well, I, for one, would love to know what those other ingredients, ingredients are and how they are processed and mixed and the ramifications of all of that. So that we, we've got a lot to look at here. And number six, finally, the cultured meat is ready to be consumed. And this is basically a generalized diagram depicting the process of culturing meat for human uh, consumption. There are many variations on this basic method that I just described to you with innovations constantly emerging. Let's move on to these other food companies. There are many. This is really something. Uh, I, I mentioned most of them last week, and, and here actually is the last one. Clear Meat, based in Delhi, is India's first cultured meat company. It produces cultured eco-meat, chicken and beef keema, the finely minced meat used widely in India, Pakistan, and other regions of South Asia and the Middle East. Clear Meat claims its chicken product will cost Indian consumers 
less than conventional kima from slaughtered chickens, about 800 to 850 rupees. In U.S. dollars, that's about 10 to 11 and a half dollars, right? So clear also markets a range of clear X9 growth medium formulas for research and commercial use. I'd be very interested to know about these growth mediums. There's a little touch of Franken food I'm kind of feeling as, as I'm looking at this. So, <coughs> pardon me, what are the benefits of, of cultured meat? Well, based on company claims and enthusiastic investor comments, of course they're going to be enthusiastic, they're investing in it. Cultured meat has major advantages over meat produced via conventional animal agriculture. And listen, conventional animal agriculture, let's be clear. We're talking about we're talking about CAFOs, we're talking about factory farmed animals in crowded conditions, fed antibiotics, all of the above. The bad stuff that you don't want to eat. Okay. So among the benefits of cultured meat, number one is less cruelty. There's no way around the fact that raising animals for slaughter especially on today's mass market scales, involves cruelty from start to finish. Though cultured meat production is not entirely animal-free, it nearly eliminates the need to breed and then kill billions of animals. Number two, it's easier on the environment. Industrial-scale tissue culture does require significant energy and material resources, but it is nowhere near as resource intensive as conventional livestock agriculture. These are the CAFOs we're talking about. Advocates say it would obviate the need to clear cut the world's forests and jungles for ranches and feedlot operations. Agree, they should not be cut down. In regenerative agriculture, which is desirable, and helps to save the planet, you don't have that. You've got agroforestry, you've got animals in amongst the trees, eating the grasses, all of the above. You're not leveling out land. You're not taking down trees. You don't want feedlot operations. You want a symbiotic relationship between the farmer, what he's growing, and the animals. There's a beautiful, delightful ecosystem that exists in regenerative agriculture and it saves the soil. Now, coming back to this, cultured seafood would relieve human pressures on the world's already overfished oceans. It would also eliminate huge quantities of greenhouse gases. So, Number three, it's antibiotic-free livestock, which is great because we don't want antibiotics. 70% of antibiotic use is in these factory, these feedlot operations. 70%. Let's get rid of it. Livestock raised in confinement are highly susceptible to disease. Likewise, the slaughter and butchering, butchering of animals can be a dirty, disease-prone process. 
roughly 70% of all medically useful antibiotics sold in the U.S. are not used in clinics to treat people, but on farms to treat livestock. This is a major driver of antibiotic resistance. Since cultured meat is grown in highly controlled bioreactors, it doesn't require use of antibiotics. At least that's what many companies are claiming. Okay. It could also potentially lower incidence of foodborne illness. Another benefit is wider access to nutritious protein. If, and it's a big if, cultured meat producers are able to drive production costs down to the equivalence with conventional meat or lower, they could potentially make nutritious animal protein available to a larger proportion of the world's population. Hey, even conventional meat right now is through the roof with inflation. And so much grass-fed organic is more, except in certain supermarkets like Aldi, Lidl, I'm not a spokesperson, but these are the places I try to shop primarily for as much as 80% of my groceries because they do have organic and grass-fed meat and produce and chicken and all that there. So, advocates of tissue-cultured meat claim it can greatly reduce and ultimately eliminate the animal cruelty involved in traditional livestock agriculture and meat processing. So, That might be true if these products catch on widely with consumers. When will they catch on? I'll tell you, you know, the dollar, it it, it all depends on on the cost to the consumer. They're not going to buy this if it costs more. They're certainly not going to buy it if it costs more than grass-fed, organic, and all that stuff. How can they afford it? Inflation is already through the roof. Because... These current tissue cultures techniques are still resource intensive. They're costly and they're not entirely animal free. Okay, well, guess what? Italy objects to this. In principle, these benefits are hard to dismiss. But like all technological revolutions, there could be downsides to cultured meat. And while countries like Singapore, Israel, India, and the U.S., Forge ahead enthusiastically. Others, such as Italy, are far more hesitant. Italy's Minister of Agriculture and Food Sovereignty recently forwarded a bill that would ban cultured meat, cultured milk, and other synthetic foods in Italy. Hey, hooray, Italy. Protection of the country's venerable food and wine traditions has become something of a fervent cause for some of Italy's population, right? So Italy's largest association of farmers view lab-cultured meat and dairy as a threat to the nation's agriculture and even to the Mediterranean diet itself. Italy's ban would also apply to other non-traditional ingredients such as cricket or locust flour, Could you imagine 50, 80, 100 years from now, Mediterranean diet, including things as cricket or locust flour? Hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, the Mediterranean diet has already been bastardized. You know, it's an undercover food guide pyramid. It's it's an undercover 
government my plate from the dietary guidelines for Americans. In the Mediterranean diet, there's no such thing as low fat dairy and very lean meat. This is all BS. Masquerading as a Mediterranean diet. It is not so. And a Mediterranean diet is not low in fat. It's over 40% fat. That is not low fat. Where's my lamb chop? Hello? So, so even if the Italian parliament passes this bill, the resulting ban may be more symbolic than impactful because the European Union rules could override it. And if and when the EU formally approves the sale of cultured meat. So the EU has yet to issue formal rules or guidelines. So there are some unanswered questions. And these are pertinent. In principle, these benefits are hard to dismiss, but there are still many unanswered questions, logistical hurdles, potential problems with cultured meat, and among them, the dependence on fetal bovine serum. Many of the current production systems depend on growth factors derived from fetal bovine serum, FBS. Widely used in all forms of tissue cultures, FBS is considered a byproduct of meat production. It's collected in commercial slaughterhouses from fetal cows. This means many of the soon-to-market cultured meats are not completely animal-free or cruelty-free. Sorry, vegans. A rapid expansion of cultured meat would drive demand for fetal bovine serum. That's FBS. Several emerging companies, notably Meatable and Future Meat, they've developed alternative growth techniques that don't require FBS. For now, however... FBS-based growth stimulation is still the norm. Now let's talk about the cost. In 2013, the first cultured hamburger cost roughly $330,000 to make. Oh my, nobody's going to buy that. Now costs have come down markedly since then, but in general the total cost for finished products is still considerably higher than for traditional slaughtered meat. The culturing techniques now used in the food industry were first developed by pharmaceutical and biotech companies to produce drugs and vaccines. Generally, this is a small batch, low yield, high cost process. The challenge for cultured meat startups is to find ways to increase output at lower costs. Imagine $330,000. Growth serum is the most expensive component in the process, costing roughly $1,000 per liter and representing approximately 80% of the total production costs. If manufacturers develop lower cost alternatives, they'll be able to reduce price, prices significantly. They're not there yet. Other unanswered questions. Hey, it's highly processed. Though cultured meats will be marketed to natural foods consumers and healthy living enthusiasts, there's no way to ignore the fact that these are highly processed, engineered products. That will likely bother many consumers, myself included. Health-wise, there are no signs that cultured meat will be any more or less healthy for humans than conventionally raised meat. But seeing as none of these products have yet reached mass market, there are many unanswered questions. Here's a big one. <clears throat> The corporate control of food. Some observers view the cultured meat movement as yet another step toward total corporate control of human food supplies. 
Widespread adoption of cultured meat would, critics say, will drive small farmers and ranchers further into the economic margins while consolidating ever greater control in the hands of giant agribusinesses. I agree with that. Again, that will bother some consumers. Given the degree of investment from major corporate players, there's some truth to this assertion, as it's likely that once cultured meat products hit the market, the big food companies will acquire the startups. But the truth is, big corporations already control, directly or indirectly, the majority of farms and ranches worldwide. If cultured meat does catch on, it could potentially reduce demand for livestock-derived meat, which would affect the global demand for corn and soy, primary components of animal feed. That would indeed have economic ripple effects. Again, we don't want industrial farming. We want regenerative. And what about public acceptance? In concept, there's a lot to like about cultured meat, but broad consumer acceptance will come down to cost, flavor, and texture. Absolutely. By all accounts, existing cultured meats still lack true texture of meat. There's also the matter of of standardized sizes and forms. Will meat lovers accept uniform steaks and chops? You know, they all look alike. Hmm. There are also religious and ethical concerns. Cultured meat raises interesting questions for vegetarians, especially those who chose vegetarian diets for animal welfare reasons. Since it's not directly obtained from slaughtered animals, some vegetarians might find it acceptable. The Hindu religion advocates vegetarianism based on the core value of ahimsa, the striving to reduce harm. Many Buddhists are vegetarians for the same reason. Cultivated meats would certainly minimize the ghastly level of animal suffering inherent in current methods of meat production. According to an article on the Hindu American Association website, opinions about cultured meats are divided among Hindus. Though these new forms of meat involve less cruelty, they still retain the properties of meat, which in Ayurvedic terms is tamasic, meaning leading to dullness, apathy, and negative emotions. And among Jewish rabbinical authorities, opinions are divided. Some hold that if the original cell lines and growth factors were harvested from kosher animals, then the resulting cultured products are kosher. Wow. That's a whole separate line item right there that could take off if it works. Others contend that meat can only be kosher if it's obtained from an animal slaughtered in the proper ritual way. That's interesting. This means that most of the emerging cultured meat products would not qualify since the tissue is grown from samples taken from a living animal. Similarly, some Islamic authorities have ruled that these products can only be deemed halal if all the components of its production were obtained from halal animals, treated and slaughtered in the ritually proper ways. So, A review article in the journal Frontiers in Nutrition notes (coughs) that because of its nebulous status, religious authorities are still debating whether or not lab-grown meat can fit with long-established religious dietary doctrines. Well, 
Some writers, some journalists question whether mainstream Americans are actually interested in tissue-cultured meats at all. And, she, and it's, it's suggested that superstar startups are man, manufacturing more than just animal tissue. In the meat industry, in the alternative protein industry, and in this emerging cultivated meat, lab-grown meat industry, there's a lot of manufactured demand and manipulation of demand. So, and that we sh- maybe we should be wary of the ways that Silicon Valley entrepreneurs are driving this emerging industry. The, cultivate, the cultured meat boom follows a massive wave of premium plant-based meat brands like Beyond Beef, Impossible, Good Catch. These vegan meat alternatives are estimated to be worth roughly $140 billion worldwide though the sector has cooled a bit over the last two years. Yeah. The slowdown came only after a spectacular surge. Vegan meats now represent about 10% of the global meat industry, and they generated $800 million in the year 2020 alone. And understandably, some people assume the new cultured meats are yet another variant of the plant-based craze, Both movements claim similar virtues, and both appeal to a similarly values-driven consumer base. But they are fundamentally different. Plant-based meats are produced solely from plant-derived raw materials, typically pea or soy, although they're put through an array of processes that transform them into meat-like substances. And tissue cultured meats are 100% derived from animal sources. And the end products, in fact, are animal tissue. So some studies suggest that by 2035, cultured meat will make up almost a quarter of of global meat consumption. In opening the door to a world of cellular agriculture, cultured meat has a potential to change big agriculture and also change the way we eat forever. For those looking for deathless options, these new technologies provide a way to eat meat produced without the horrors of animal agriculture and using fewer resources like farmland, water, and feed. Our food system, and especially our our industrial agriculture, is one of the biggest causes of soil depletion. As it, you know, we need to be worried about this. So it's, it's too soon to tell whether lab-created meat will actually help to keep soil erosion from happening because we still, it's all about the industrial farms and these factory-farmed operations. So the more immediate question is whether producers can reduce costs and bring commercially viable products to the market and whether meat-eaters will switch, embrace, the, will embrace these new alternatives. Now, investors and tech innovators are certainly betting they will. Well, time will tell if the public agrees. I want to thank Holistic Primary Care for this beautifully done article on the meat industry's cultural revolution. I want to thank you for joining me on another edition of Layla Ways In. This is Intelligent Medicine. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, 
There's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.